Welcome to Design Party, your one-stop shop for everything product design. I'm your host, Antonia, and today with me, I have... Mr. Vitali. Oh, Hello, yeah. everybody. Nice to hear you again, see you again. It's been a little while. Summers are always a little bit lazy. How are you? Mm -hmm. Well, I just came back from a really nice walk. It was warm today, or is warm, and I'm still riding high from my uh, speech that I or keynote that I did yesterday about the state of product design in 2022. Feeling very happy about that. Congrats, and we should definitely include the link in show notes so people can also check this out. It's a very important topic. Yeah, and I tried to make it so it's as accessible to the business person as the designer, as the developer, because ultimately it's about creating value for users. That's what we're all about. I have to say, I just came through it and I'm looking forward today or tomorrow to watch it completely. It looks very interesting. Thank you. I can't wait to hear what you think. Oh, I'll be sure to post a reply. Yeah, you didn't say this, but <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's great. You're a great presenter. You always have these beautiful presentations. You're so eloquent and it's just a joy to listen to you when you present stuff. No, thank you. But I really do hope that I say something there that you disagree with, because that's how we all learn. Oh, I bet you will. I'm like super opinionated. So as you know, so I, I bet I will, I'm, you know, re remember when you mentioned that actually. <laughs> blah, blah. Well, now I'm really looking forward to hearing your feedback. I will definitely check it out. Actually, after this podcast, I'm going to run to gym and I think I'm just going to play your presentation while I'm on my elliptical and doing like squats and whatever and let you know afterwards what I think. Awesome. <laughs> but uh, I mean, we need to address the elephant in the room. Yes, I did mention this also in my, my keynote speech. <laughs> you, you I couldn't did. hold myself back. Oh my God, oh my you're going to laugh, I swear. Can't wait. But as pretty much every designer in this world already knows, Figma was sold to Adobe for $20 billion. Yes, which is the equivalent amount of uh, money therapists are going to have when uh, designers recover from this shock. Yes, and... I mean, I've been active on Twitter and sharing my thoughts and replying, and I did a lot of just reflecting and thinking with myself. So we should start from somewhere. How do you mm. feel about it? Well, I mean, first of all, what happened, right? Out of pretty much thin air, I like, I don't know how the news broke for you. This is like recounting when, when did we, where were we when uh, New Year happened or something, but like, my colleague shared a Bloomberg article that said that uh, it, that people were speculating that Adobe is now finally going through with the purchase. And then it was like immediately almost like correction, Adobe has bought Figma. And so the kind of one two gut punch of that was really shocking. And I think many in the community felt that Figma was the anti Adobe. Yeah. Or, you know, kind of like was independent, doing their own thing and really nurturing an amazing community. And, and suddenly this happens. And and so I don't know if you saw the email the CEO of Figma, Dylan Field sent, but it, it, was, it, it's, it's, it was kind of funny because it starts off with a, a, a pretty long, you know, this is what we want to do with our mission. We feel that with Adobe, we'll have access to better resources and all their amazing technology with which we can integrate video and all this multimedia better into Figma and blah, blah, blah. And then after that long, <laughs> long email there's like the line where it ends and Disclaimer. then there's this legal legalese 
of like, you know, what do we mean when we say intent and all of this? And it really defeated the entire purpose of it. And it just seems like, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. All this money is clogging my ears, you know, like. Yeah. So I think off the bat, Antonia, how many, uh, how did you hear about this? And how many years do you give Figma until it becomes Figma CC? Okay, so I heard it when you posted a link in our design party channel. I was, I mean, I'm on, right now on a sea cliff. I have some health issues and I managed to collect myself to record this because it's not so demanding of me. So I was not really paying attention to design world in past couple of weeks, just trying to recover. And I mean, this just increased my headache. When I saw this, I was so pissed, like instantaneously pissed. I'm was, sorry, by the way. It's all right. I would see it like like maybe 10 minutes after when I'm just browsing Twitter or whatever. So I was immediately angry because, I mean, I was bought in Figma because they were so anti-Adobe and Dylan Field has this tweet that says, we are not Adobe, we are Figma, something like that. And then they try to like spin it with retweeting that, I mean, their PR machine is now working tirelessly. They need to do a lot of damage control because people are pissed. They're really unhappy. And mm-hmm. I just feel it was very dishonest from Figma to pretend to be like customer obsessed and then sell themselves to the biggest competitor and the reason why Figma even exists. It For me, it feels like really weird. And I know when somebody says, hey, you're going to get 20 billion, I would probably say the same. I don't know. I can't say 100% how would I react, but that's a big amount of money. And a lot of people will have their lives solved after the merger is done with the stock money. So of course you need to think about that. That's one coin of the whole story. But yeah, as a designer, I definitely feel that, you know what, I was thinking a lot, like how do I feel? I don't feel excited about designing anymore in Figma, in short. Mm. And yeah, also you asked uh, how long until Figma becomes Adobe Figma CC. What I mean by that, of course, is like that it becomes pretty unusable, like that yeah. they, they neuter it or, you know, it becomes like uh, prototyping on paper after Marvel bought it. Yeah. So I also have some personal experience because my company got acquired by a bigger fish. So I've seen how this goes internally a little bit and it's really actually complex. And, you know, people will forget this merger happened because it's going to be at least a year until anything moves from a dead spot. There's shit ton of legal stuff and complex paperwork to be done. So let's say in a year, year and a half, something like that. Well, they say in some documents or whatever that it's going to be closed in 2023, like somewhere next year. I think they're going to be very careful because they've seen how community reacted. People are angry. People don't support Adobe. For example, I know I will stop recording Figma tutorials because I just don't want to feed the monolith of Adobe. I don't Mm. support that kind of capitalism. Like, no, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of of the problem. And I think they're going to go very slow because because they've seen how community reacted and it's dangerous. Sketch is waiting around the corner and saying funny stuff on social media, like, yeah, remember us, come back. But I don't think people will actually come back to Sketch because 
yeah, it's still no. sketch. But yeah, anyway, what do you think? I, I think it's going to happen somewhere around 2024 when we will see Adobe Figma CC. What do you say? Yeah, yesterday I, I gave it like three to five years and I think that's that's still pretty legit. Like I think next year's config is going to be very interesting <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. But yeah, like you said, uh, these things move slowly they're complicated though the problem of course is that there's a lot of poaching of talent and a lot of more siloing that happens and this just impedes teams from succeeding because the mission becomes foggy and uh, yeah i also see that like tools like framer are much more exciting right now and interesting mm. and uh i'm i you know because the thing is is that of course like i i believe that they have the best intentions at heart but i don't know of any other situation where things have gone very well after such an acquisition so i really believe that time will tell and i hope for the best and well i, I talk about it in my presentation but like when i was looking at the ux tools design uh, toolkit survey of 2021 figma is so leagues beyond everything else in terms of popularity and 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 excitement of use that while well, the free tier offers a lot of functionality, let's put it like that. And, and I find that to be a, a great thing that no matter what the next tool is, uh, I still believe that Figma is the best jumping in point to get people to design in a meaningful way, to be, go beyond the pixels and really to see the ecosystem in which products and services are built. But but definitely it's, it's a big dent in my enthusiasm as well. And uh, it will take time. For this to process and and i think healing will require change and and i don't see them walking away from this amount of money it's not like musk trying to acquire twitter this is like big boy big pants stuff and i'm sure that it's going to go through for better or for worse and I, it's really up to them how they're going to steer this ship and of course the ceo made a lot of promises about being staying autonomous and all of this but that's um, the thing you can do two things right now you can have visual thinking or lie. Mm. There is no 100% knowledge about the future. So I kind of feel a little bit bad about people on the internet that say, oh, CEO promised the autonomy. Like, come on, don't be so mm. naive. He doesn't know. It will be whatever Adobe decides. Come on, how can you be so naive? So uh, time will show. But also I think, I think outcome will base on whatever happens in next 18 months, because we might see some new tool popping, some new startup, Shigma, and then everybody is gonna be like, oh my God, let's go to Shigma because it's so much better than Figma and it's independent and blah, blah, blah. And mm. you know, it anything can happen or what can happen also, Sketch might be like, okay, let's think about this. We have been not listening to users and we became forgotten, obsolete, crappy tool that nobody uses. How about we start listening to users and, you know, take the momentum and grab all the users that can happen. Well, I mean, they have, they have the sketch cloud, but the, the problem is, is that it, it lives almost like a second class citizen or like it divides the time between sketch and sketch cloud and the interoperability requires steps and you know that's the thing no one why, why go through all of that when everything can be live 
one service that's really interesting and it, they actually have now a coupon code free for a month uh, with the code Ligma to, <laughs> to try. And it's this uh, UI Zard, kind of like wizard, but with a U. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually even has like machine learning algorithms. Like, you know how Airbnb had that demo where they had like drawn wireframes yeah, and they yeah. converted it into code. So UI Zard has this functionality as well. And it has a lot of like uh, ready-made templates that you can begin with. And it's also collaborative on the web. So yeah, that's like one that I'm I'm keeping my eye on and, and kind of looking into. But what do you think about uh, Framer as a tool and alternative for uh, Figma? You've been using it more than I think I have. Uh, well, I, I don't think anything will happen with Framer. I don't think they have a vision. I mean, <laughs> that company pivoted so many times that it's really hard to keep up what is their topic right now. I think they're excellent at what they do right now, and that is designing and publishing websites, I think. Mm. I told that before. I think it's better than Webflow. I would rather use Framer for that than any other tool on the market. They nailed it. Like for me, that's a mm. perfect tool. But unfortunately, I don't see them really competing in UI design, like use space anymore. I think they kind of gave up. So I don't think Framer is gonna have, like, cause any damage in in that space at all. Yeah, I, I think the promise of like, it is true what you say that they've gone through so many iterations, but the fact that they're still standing after taking so many beatings, quote, you know, so to say, I think really shows that they're, they are providing a certain type of value to a certain type of audience. And I think that that history or heritage kind of kneecaps them in order to make an impact, like you said. But I, I, I am super intrigued kind of like with uh, figma's i think the auto layout engine for example has become so much better this year in terms of like uh, how the alignment goes and whatnot so these type of tools like because with framer you can design like figma and then it'll spit out the website in the same way or or like how in figma you can design freely or then in webflow you can be very rigidly kind of go with the document object model and and basically have a, a, a a a graphical user interface for HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. That framer, you you have the freedom of Figma, but then it spits out something that is code. And I think that using different types of uh, machine learning algorithms, hopefully we'll get more and more to the point where our intentions can be translated through this machine magic so that our boxes and, 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 and squiggles and shapes mean something and the computer helps us along. Ideally, I think in, in its most primitive format, we've already seen like some people uh, trying with the GPL3 making plugins for Figma where they just describe an interface and then it spits out some sort of a result that uh, that will probably be like the first step where that'll go beyond where we are now, where it's mainly like helping remove backgrounds uh, or, or doing pre-launch heat mapping analysis. Uh, that you can describe what kind of a login screen you'd want, for example, and then it spits out like six different variations and then you select the two or three that go more for what you want and then it spits out more and then you can do this iteratively until you end up at a starting place for your actual designing. So I think that it'll empower us and really take a lot of time out of what we use for manual stuff, kind of like auto layout has already done for many designers, allowing us to focus even more on on like testing and iterating and, and, and finding the best solutions and not being kind of um, so stuck to the first few iterations because we can still keep up a good velocity without exhausting our brains. Mm. 
I have one question for you. It's maybe jumping back to the topic we had a little bit before. So maybe somebody who is not really a designer or somebody who is like very young might not understand why this outcry. Why don't you like Adobe? It's a complicated relationship. Yeah. Because in, in many ways, of course, I owe my career and my skills to getting my start in Photoshop. Same here. And and to this day, I'm I'm still very, you know, happily stuck <laughs> to Lightroom for my photo editing. I still use Premiere for video editing and After Effects for my motion graphics. Although Jitter has been a really nice way to uh, eliminate a lot of that work, especially now that they have Lottie support, go Jitter. But yeah, they're just so huge and they really have sucked a lot of fun because they have kneecapped their own software. They are so huge. You know, the keyboard shortcuts are different on each application. They run just as bad as they did 10 years ago. There's just so much legacy code. And uh, I think that they've done a lot of positive developments with how they've handled, for example, the development of XD, even though that feels like now it's just kind of like rolling in circles, I guess, once they got their eyes on Figma, like ah, XD doesn't need so much input anymore, and how they've been rewriting their apps for like the iPad and, and, and mobile. But still, it's complicated, but I wouldn't trust them with innovation. They, they, they're just a huge company. Their biggest innovation was moving to the subscription model. Like, I don't know <laughs> What, what 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 else they've really kind of like done because of course they've added a, some really important features into Illustrator with 3D support and whatnot. Like they have tried to kind of like create something more accessible than Blender that can help with 3D. I'll give them that, but still the, the stability of their software, like closed captioning for Premiere has wasted so much of my time and they've redone it so many times and it's still a pain that, that I, I really hope at some point in the near future, I'll have time to learn DaVinci Resolve and start making the transition because that seems like an amazing piece of software that you can start off with for free and is used also by Hollywood studios and allows you to work so much faster, closer to the kind of native hardware performance that your computer can provide. Yeah, on the topic of Premiere. So when I started my YouTube adventure, I started with Premiere. And I learned it and I used it for a year. It was very painful. It was very slow. One morning I just woke up and I decided, you know what, I'm going to learn Final Cut. And I did. And I'm not coming back. I think that's the best tool for fast, short video editing. Like even DaVinci, I think it's not that good for YouTube short few minute videos. Final Cut has this simplicity. But anyways, two or three months ago, for some reason, ah, yeah, I know. They introduced this new feature in Premiere called ReTime, which is useful for shortening or making your music track a bit longer so it follows your video length, so, which is great for like YouTube videos because I don't want a track to end in the middle of my speech or somewhere random, and I don't want to find this loop manually. It takes too much time. So this is just like you drag as a rectangle in Figma, for example, audio track, which is amazing. And it will figure out like AI or whatever will figure out where it needs to loop, cut and loop, whatever. I wanted to try that. And I mean, the feature works. It exists from before, like from audition. And I used it a lot there. 
I have to say, Premiere crashed on me like 10 times. I barely <laughs> managed to render a video. I'm not even kidding. I was in shock. And I was trying that on a really expensive MacBook that costs almost 3,000 euros with M1 chip. And I was just in shock looking at that, like the umbrellas flying everywhere. And I was like, this is garbage. I cannot believe that they ask money for this. This is not all right. So mm. after a whole day of trying to render and many boxes with failure, failure, I managed to render my video. I installed Premiere and said to myself, you will find another way to like tinker with audio. This is not worth it. So mm. like being in this YouTube space, I hear a lot of complaints about Premiere from creators that use it for video editing. And then one morning I wake up and I see that my core tool Figma is now sold to the same company <laughs> that doesn't know how to do stable software. It, it's quite disappointing. Definitely. So what do you think about Sketch? Let's let's talk a little bit about Sketch because they've been quite active on on Twitter, they have been jumping around, making snarky comments and being all funny. Mm. So <laughs> I've seen even some people commenting, oh my God, I downloaded Sketch and opened it like just to see it. And I understand that because people don't know really how these deals go. They don't understand that it will be like one or two years before they see actual changes in the tool itself, mm. unless they like change logo or branding a little bit to align more with Adobe. Of course, that's like the easiest part. I wanted to make a new YouTube video, like trying Sketch after four years. I think that would be very fun. So I did download Sketch to see what up. Right. My God. <laughs> I mean, that company is a joke. I mean, I'm very sorry to say, I mean, I mean they're like goofy for me. I, I don't, I'm not angry at them. I was angry at them like four years ago, but now I see them as like this goofy uncle that, <laughs> you know, you just say yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's exactly how you say, my yeah, let's go to sleep now. So what do you think about Sketch? Have you tried it recently? Oh my God. Thankfully, no. It's been, I think, over a year since I had to open it. And uh, to, to Sketch, I say thank you for your service. I, I It really, like, you know, it revolutionized the, the interface design game, but it's uh, time to put it down to pasture. Like, I understand there's, of course, design agencies who are kind of, like, forced to use it. Can you believe that Photoshop still has like a 10% almost market share of, of design tool, like used for product design, according to the UX tool survey. Excuse me, what? Yeah. <laughs> but who uses that? I mean, that's so in inefficient. Exactly. It's ridiculous. 2022 people. You know what? I think those are the same people who shame designers on social media saying, Tools don't matter. It's your skill. I deeply disagree with that statement. What do you think about it? I think they're UI designers who go around saying, you have no idea how difficult my job is. Every <laughs> time I make a decision, I have to go through 200 files to change it. And I have to make sure it's the right version. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Yeah, I had like a small exchange uh, yesterday on Twitter with somebody who said like, yeah, it's about knowledge and not tools. I think people who claim that never really worked in a team and mm. like deeply don't understand how how it actually is in like bigger companies. If I'm a solo player, I don't give a damn. I will design you in MS Paint. I really couldn't care less. But when you have a design system, rules, principles, protocols, you have 
like legacy design that has to be maintained and, and expanded and whatnot. You can't just change tools or you can't just use like shittier tool because it's a big decision. Like if it takes a long time for designers to do something opposed to doing something in like half a time, then you're bleeding money. Companies want efficient tooling for their workers. Of course, tools matter. But yeah, anyways, like maybe I'm digressing a little bit, but I always get annoyed when I see knowledge. Just fuck tools. <laughs> like it's, it's not that simple, dude. Yeah, you need knowledge to use tools and tools help you use your knowledge quickly. Yeah, I mean, there's always on that side, like there's always a learning curve. I mean, if somebody who's using Sketch right now would measure with me how fast we can recreate Instagram mm. interface, I would win because I know Figma's shortcuts and everything it has in the interface, everything. Yeah. And somebody would be like super lost because Sketch has very different interface. So you can't say that those don't matter. There is a learning yeah. curve and time costs. Plus, you know, they'd have to deal with sketch crashing a few times. Oh, it does that? Okay. I... I've had that. Well, it also depends a bit on how many plugins you depend on, which is another thing I really like about Figma and I hope uh, continues in the, in the future where, you know, plugins in Figma can't make the outcome dependent on the plugin. The plugins can only generate things and at, at most leave a meta tag that I did this. So that like Mapsicl, you can use it to make a map image of a certain location and you can then later edit how that looks. But if you run Figma without Mapsicl, it's not like the program crashes or that the image mm -hmm. doesn't load. What is it? Yeah, I mean... Oh, sorry, I cut you off. Please continue. <laughs> No, I was just going to relate my PTSD from sketch days of uh, having all these different plugins to just to build a prototype and to be able to fill, you know, text from a database or, you know, a text file. So it's not just lorem ipsum copy pasted manually, but the amount of times things would just crash and, 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 and the horrible times or when they made that transition of having prototyping functionality inside of sketch but then there was still the InVision plugin and they didn't communicate. And then sometimes you weren't quite sure which one you were working on or you'd upload it into InVision and be like, oh, there's no hotspots here. Well, I guess I'll have to do all of that again. And I don't know, like it's just so great that we live in this open design era where everything is real time and collaborative online. And you can just uh, use Google to sign in in less than a minute, be inside of a file, send a link and then start working with your colleagues. I mean, I really believe that that's the future. Any tool that wants to compete with Figma will have to have that as the base minimum. And I think like with Figma as well, like it's really easy to approach ultimately, especially if you have like someone helping you, like you can be up and running building like basic prototypes in, in, in a matter of uh, dozens of minutes. But the thing is, is that it also has advanced tools. You know, you can take it to the level of having, you know, interactive components, a lot of variants, properties now, shared libraries and whatnot. And, there's so much that makes Figma unique that I think a lot of us are afraid of now being lost. And I think that we'll, we'll, we will be seeing it pretty quickly because ultimately like Figma releases on quite a good cycle. Like they do a lot of updates very often. And I think like, yeah, I, in some ways it'll be interesting to see like how this is going to affect like the, the morale of Figma because not everyone got paid who works there. And, that is true. 
and some people will have more than others and 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 hopefully this won't have a toxic effect on their productivity but i think that we'll be pretty quick to notice change because we've already of course we've talked about this in previous episodes that seen a change a shift in how figma as a company organization conducts itself that they're not nearly as open as they were in the early days and are much more official and i guess corporate. they were you know wanting to look good in the merger <laughs> yeah yeah they became like a proper corporation once they started to earn money but do you know that for the first 5 years figma didn't earn any money they mm. were just bleeding money and then they started to monetize but they still acquired more and more users through the free tier and then of course if you get like a client you can easily upgrade and have these shareable, share, shareable libraries and whatnot whatever comes in paid plan i i honestly never used like a professional or like free tier i'm always on enterprise i don't even know how it looks to speak like bare bones to be quite honest mm. so they started to earn like single digit millions five years after they founded the company and then every year growth was tremendous like from i don't know 6 million to like 22 and then 77 or something like that and this year it's going to be 450 million like half a billion in like four years of monetizing product that's huge but they did it i was going somewhere with that but i completely lost the train of thought what was i saying before please remind me Honestly, I have no idea. Okay, we got lost. We got sidetracked. Oh my god. Okay. I I'm going to blame my headache because I really need to like push really hard to stay focused because it's like pressing me from all sides and it's it's not nice. But yeah, talking about future, I I really don't know at this point what to think. There could be that some new tool will pop up and we're going to jump there. It could be that Figma will be autonomous for few more years and then we're going to see integration into CC. Oh, by the way, if anybody thinks that I'm like turbo like Adobe hater, I am paying them subscription for Lightroom and I'm using Lightroom like a lot and I also sometimes use Audition for podcast editing, but hoping uh, this time I will use Descript to see if it's it's faster a bit. I used to use Premiere Pro so I need to open Photoshop at my work sometimes to extract some assets for my designing from brand department. And I have to say just because I am forcefully a user, I I don't have to like them. Like I can use their products because there's just no alternative or I'm locked in because of some reason, but I still don't have to like that company. And like before when I was a kid, Adobe didn't have competition and It was all shits and giggles, and I loved Photoshop. I loved Illustrator. I, I I was using Photoshop for my digital painting a lot, and I made my best work in Photoshop. But it's not 2006 anymore. We have modern agile tools, and Adobe is still living in that time. So, like, we don't have to like it. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, you know we criticize the things that we care about, and yeah. I think that. What you said previously that you've been dealing on the enterprise level for so long you don't even know what the basic version is like I think that's that, that's a key right there why Figma is going to be around for a while because there are still companies only now making the transition from sketch to Figma and reliability aspect you know we've seen I mean how long was Envision Studio around for until that was completely abandoned 
and that seemed really hot and interesting for a while especially when pablo stanley was like trying his best to sell us on the idea of it so i think that the future has a lot of promise and there's no going backward and i really hope that figma doesn't get neutered i don't think that they would why would you spend 20 billion just to completely destroy something it's an unintentional result and hopefully Figma's work culture is uh, heal enough that it can uh, survive this outward influence for some time, but no one knows. And I think that like this UI Zard and uh, Framer and other tools show a lot of promise. And I think that the future is bright and it will help us to function even better as teams. But Maybe. competition is good. Competition is good. I think that it's, you know, it's painful. <laughs> no one wanted this, but I think that ultimately we're just going to be going forward uh, onto even better and brighter things. I'm really hopeful. I just remembered what I wanted to mention. So Adobe said that $6 million will be also like put into Figma's team as restricted stock units or whatever is the word I'm looking for here. The vesting is standard for years, which means that all this money that will be split between CEO and others will unlock slowly over the next four years. So I don't think team will fall apart now, but somewhere on second year when tons of money gets unlocked to a lot of people, I'm not sure if everyone will be like, oh, yes, I have like a million dollars right now unlocked and I'm going to still, you know, work here at Figma Adobe. I think a lot of people will just leave. I mean, that happens like once company mm. goes public or somebody buys it anyways, like these shares, whatever you got when you were hired, they, they actually mean something at that moment. And depending how the big deal is your company, it can be like from just pennies to we're talking some like millions here so i don't see that the core team will stay very long in figma once that happens i think it's going to be very bad for figma because if adobe execs uh, start to control the future of figma i don't think it's going to go very far because they don't really have a vision i mm. just wanted to say that no it's very very good perspective and Sounds about right. I honestly would love to found a startup that would be Shigma and see where it goes. I always wanted to have a company and run it and I don't know, and see where it goes. I just wish I would have access to investors. Do you have like some big savings? Do you want to invest in me? Come on, let's start Shigma. Let's go build Shigma. Shigma. <laughs> to be quite honest, if somebody would drop serious money on me, I already know what would be the name of this product design tool. Do you want to know? That? It would be called Raven. All right. There is no logical reason for that. I'm watching this TV show, The 100, again, and there's this character called Raven, and she's badass. She's mechanic, engineer, coder. Like She saves humanity over and over again, and I think it's a really cool name. All right. Well, I mean, that could be also your tagline, you know, Raven. There is no logical reason. There is no logical reason. 
It was really nice to talk about this Figma situation over here. I have to say yeah. that I'm a lot less excited about being a designer right now. It's, it's going to be just another soulless tool that I'm going to use because I have to. That excitement and joy is unfortunately not here anymore, but it is what it is. At least, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm like so, so demotivated about Figma that I don't want to record. I just released a course, Figma for Beginners, and then they got sold to Adobe. I wish to like burn this course right now. And I, th I don't think I will record this course for design systems or it will be like tool agnostic. It's going to be just like knowledge and then you apply it however mm. you want. Also in YouTube channel, I will eventually stop doing tutorials about Figma because I really don't want to support Adobe as a company. Like I said, I don't want to be a part of a problem. And yeah, that's from me. Very sad. I feel for you. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just like, you know, going through the sta six stages of uh, grief. Yeah. So I think I think I'm I'm pretty much now in between depression and acceptance. <laughs> yeah, I I totally feel yeah like from two days ago it was like just like anger and disbelief. Now I'm like whatever like let's make some jokes, whatever. It's yeah. not that serious in the end, right? We'll find meaning in all of this. Well, there has to be some good outcome for community as well. I mean. Mm. It's it's incredible. I've been saying to my girlfriend how she's so lucky to be a developer because it seems that developers year after year get so amazing and cool tools and services. They don't regress. Mm. I mean, I'm thinking seriously, like, should I make a switch? This is so fun. Like so many services and frameworks and everything every year. It's so exciting. It's so like vivid. And I see no regression whatsoever. But when it comes to design, we're battling with tools for a decade now. We still didn't figure out like basic, tedious stuff that we need to do on repeat constantly. We are just now starting to figure out design systems, but we are nowhere near figuring the whole thing out. And now this moment where Figma sold itself to the reason why it exists is going to be a big step backwards if you ask me but mm. i don't know i mean we can predict and feel whatever we want future will show what what happens yeah for sure yeah well hey thanks a lot for this this yeah. is like a therapy <laughs> talking it through <laughs> therapy session always yeah always nice to catch up and and share thoughts hope our listeners also got some catharsis from listening <laughs> to our pain and experience. I think we really dated ourselves talking about back in my day, I started with Photoshop. Photoshop <laughs> six. Oh, for me it was five, but you already knew that. And all yes. our avid longtime listeners. <laughs> yes, so we, we mentioned that every other episode. But yeah, if you are listening this on Spotify, you can send us a message. You can leave us a comment. What do you think about this acquisition? You can send us anything you want. Just don't be rude. Don't waste our time. But anything else goes. And I think with that, I will say thank you for listening. And see you in next episode. Bye-bye.